Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to Red Inca. I'm Jared Kimber. This episode of Red Inca, we look at the weird career of Glenn Maxwell. So we get on an expert in the field. Uh, Dan Lipke, uh, the creator of Maxwell Ball and writer. We talk about the Afghanistan double, golf carts, broken legs, being an Asian test specialist, World Cup Maxwell, his weird Nets routine, a text adventure game based on him, and those hairy arms. Haven't you written a book that you were supposed to plug and you forgot? Yeah, no, my, my book is The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket, and it does star Glenn Maxwell. This show was made by HCL Tech, a company that believes in partnerships so much you can read their name on the Australian shirts. Um, tell me how you came up with Maxwell Ball, because I think you and I were both uh, certainly very much in the comedy cricket writing space. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a lot of us um, no. in that at that time. And I think we were both trying to kind of uh capture maxwell because he was so different to everyone else um and you know with uh, as we talked about in the, in the last podcast you know shane watson and the big front pad and um uh, you know i've kind of of recent times got you know Stuart broad is um cricket's chief meme king um yeah. but maxwell ball comes out of i think you trying to explain the unexplainable is that the right way of putting it yeah i think so i basically yeah there needed to be because he wasn't really playing cricket, was he? He was playing what seemed to me to be a completely different kind of game. Like he was, you know, yeah. I'm going to play the wrong way around. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to care whether I get out first ball, leaving a ball that's crashing into the stumps or, you know, smashing 200 runs off, you know, 128 balls or whatever it is to win a, win a match. So he was playing a completely different game. So it definitely needed a, a name for it. And uh, basically, I, I, I stole, I, I riffed on the idea of, uh, you know, Calvin and Hobbes had Calvin Ball, which is where Calvin basically made up the rules as he went along. And I felt, well, this is similar. This is, this is Maxwell just making up the rules as he goes. Maxwell Ball rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So that, that, I, I, I just remarkable. started hashtagging it. <laughs> do you remember, um, uh, do you remember him at the start of his career? Like, how far back do you go with him? Because I remember him playing and, People, you know, I was very immersed in Victorian cricket Twitter in those days. Um, you know, I was running a cricket, uh, a Victorian cricket blog, and you know, people were like, "Is he playing?" And like, he wasn't batting, he wasn't bowling um, quite often, and like, no one could even understand what he was doing then. But he would run around the field and do the most <laughs> remarkable things in the field, so that you couldn't. A bit like what Clem Phillips does now, 
where you couldn't yeah. keep your eyes off Maxwell because you're like, he's yeah. going to do something funny or stupid or great at any moment. Yeah, and you never knew which one. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't there at the beginning. I don't think I you know, really knew about his state-level cricket. I, I, I was a, a, a latecomer as he, as he made his way into the Australian side. And pretty much like, around the era, very early on when, you know, we, we discovered that an IPL team had paid a million dollars for him and everyone was like, what, for that guy? And and we're all, everyone's just like, what's going on? And that was pretty much the era where I was just like, yeah, of course you pay a million dollars here. That's that's Glenn Maxwell. He's playing. I don't know what he's doing, but that's worth a million bucks easy. <laughs> um, uh, so what I want to do on this podcast is, as uh, you know, two of the leading Maxwell biologists, um, uh, I wanted to work out what you thought the weirdest moment of his career is because it's been it's been very. I mean. Of recent times, he fell off a golf cart um, <laughs> and concussed himself. Was it concussed yeah. or did he hurt somebody? I can't even remember. Was it concussion? It was concussion, yeah. He had to had to go through all the concussion protocols that are in the book for when you do fall off a golf cart. And I think that, you know, there's that famous, um, oh, the famous New Zealand cricketer, I think it's Trevor Sinclair, who gets his leg broken at uh, Gatwick Airport when the baggage trolley runs over his leg right and it's like Sinclair is kind of only known for that and being a really slow batter I think it's Trevor Sinclair on Big Hill um I don't know if the golf cart incident is gonna get mentioned in Maxwell's career at the end and yet that's first line for a lot of guys right <laughs> yeah he's got some top tier material there and yeah you're right that's that's nowhere nowhere near the top of it uh but yeah I, I, because he trumped it almost immediately. Basically, he went from that to hitting 200 while cramping and not able to move. So, yeah, I, the, he's wiped it out completely. If anything, that gets Is tied the into the story. Yeah, it probably ends up as an, an addendum, if you can remember it, of course, because yeah. the cramps kind of take over there as well. Yeah. Um, is the 200 the weirdest Maxwell moment? It's oh, most it's, magnificent. I don't know if it's the it's weirdest. The most, I don't think it's the weirdest. It's It's... It is very funny to watch a man whose legs can't move, not just hit. Like, if he just hit there and slogged it over cow quarter every time, he's like, well, that's still pretty impressive. He was basically still hitting 360 degrees. Like, uh, that, that was kind of the crazy thing about it. He did one hit straight, uh, essentially a straight drive, where he just kind of flicked his wrists and it went straight back past the bowler. Like, it was very, very silly, very funny, not. Not quite the weirdest thing he's ever done, I don't think. All right, uh, give me one. Let's 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 put a put a bunch of them on the wall, and then we can work it out at the end where we go. Give me a weird Glenn Maxwell moment. Well, the one that's in the book, like the 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 moment that I highlighted as you know the funny Glenn Maxwell moment, is the moment where in a big bash game he came out to bat, took a couple of steps down the pitch as the bowler delivered the ball, then just lifted up his bat and watched it crash into his stumps. Uh, was that and first ball as well? Am I remembering that? was first that? ball, yep. It was first ball. So he basically just, I will just watch this go into my stumps. My phone, I was at an airport or on my way to an airport. My phone just went mental. I had so many notifications. Did you just see that? And I hadn't because I wasn't, I wasn't watching at the time. I was on my way to an airport. And then, uh, you know, I obviously found the footage immediately and it was just like, all right, that's, uh, that's something, <laughs> that, that's just a complete non-shot. For no no apparent it, reason, we've seen it before. We've seen players like come down the wicket, back away, and and, and do that. 
But generally, mm. it's when the game is dictating and, and they're taking big risks and they get too far away from the ball and everything else. Yeah. There was something quite weird about the fact that he'd just come out. And it was like, and, and, and there's, some, there's something to be said for this too. Of um, Did he make a golden duck in this World Cup? Um, or is it second ball he duck did, yeah, in one yeah, of the yeah, games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did because yeah. we. This and, was the one where the openers went ballistic, and they was just like, "All right, Glenn, you go out, you keep charging," and then he hit it straight up in the sky. And was, All right, see you later. So there's something very weird about like that. His first balls are not first balls. He's mid. You know, one of those people that you they'll say something to you, and you'll be like, "They're in the middle of a conversation, and they've only said <laughs> like the back half of it," and I yeah. don't know what I'm supposed he's that version of a batter where in his mind he's already played like 15 or 20 balls (laughs) and so when he comes out he's in the middle of a thing of I've got to reverse this one and the bowl is like why would he reverse the first ball like he can hit to the leg side there's still gaps here and he's so and it's such a weird and it's so if you look you compare him to Luke Ronke who's Mm. an incredibly fast starter or Andre Russell, who's an incredibly fast starter. So Andre Russell, it's very basic, right? I'm like, I'm going to clear my front leg, I'm going to swing through the line, and I'm going to try and uh, take on the field with my power. It's a fairly yeah. normal way of doing it. Luke Gronke, it's like the field's up, I'm a little bit nervous. If I get a boundary, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable. I'll, sw- I'll swipe my bat at a couple. If I get it over the top, I'm off to a good start. Whereas Maxwell's yep. is a little bit more like, I've been watching the bat. Like, I don't know if he does this, but have you ever heard the story about Saywag? So Saywag would go out. And he'd sit there and he'd be watching like Sachin and Dravid and yeah. Blackston bat. And he'd be going, four, six, four. <laughs> and people would go, what are you saying? He goes, I would have hit that for four. I would have hit that yeah. for six. Right. And, and I reckon Maxwell does it, but in reverse before he goes out. Where he's like, I can't believe I haven't hit that for six. I would have hit that for six. <laughs> and he's so, his brain is in such fast motion that by the time he goes out there, he's faced 15 balls. And so it's like, I've got to reverse switch this one over, you know, hook shot. Right. Like, yeah. I, I've got to play that shot. That's just, there's nothing normal about that. Even we've seen attacking players before him, right? But we haven't seen anyone who is already trying to disrupt something that doesn't actually need to be disrupted. <laughs> he's like pre-disrupting yeah. innings. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's magnificent. And, and yeah, the, the, the first ball thing, uh, like famously he opened the batting like against Sri Lanka and hit in a T20 and hit like 145 off you know, 60 balls or something. He's he's just a ma- a madman when it, when it, when it comes to that. So maybe maybe he shouldn't have be given that long to think. Maybe he should be opening all the time. Just get him out there if he's, he's going to go crazy. Let him do it up the top of the order. Yeah, a lot of people have asked me about you know why he doesn't bat um, up the order uh, more often, and I, I I'm not sure. But do you remember talking about weirdness? This is such a niche one, and you might not have even seen this. There was a few years ago when he was trying to get into the test team again when him and Matthew Wade were fighting mm. for him to bat higher in the shield crew. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, I do remember that. Yep. Great moments. Great moments. And the weird thing is that happens in teams all the time. And it always happens when you've got a stacked batting lineup and you've got a couple of good middle order players in your first class team. They all want to play for a, you know, their national side. They know batting at five and number six, they're probably not going to get picked. But if they bat at four um, and mm. they make some runs, it doesn't usually end up public though does it no no and I, th- I think this like shortly thereafter he was basically dropped from the victoria side right i, I remember going out to yep doncaster or somewhere to just watch him play against random so it's just like why why is glenn maxwell out here rather than at least playing for victoria he should be playing for australia but at least he should be playing for victoria what the hell is he doing out here with these people who 
you know, clearly don't know what to make of him. And I think, and I think that that Matthew Wade spat and and you know um, him being out of favour with Victoria also goes back to Australian cricket has never understood him. And I always mm. compare him to Andrew Simons because you know for, with Andrew Simons they just spent like basically a decade trying to muzzle Andrew Simons and turn yeah. him into what they wanted, which was someone who averaged forty with the bat, who who scored a little bit quicker and could occasionally slog the ball. And they tried that with Maxwell, and you just can't you can't muzzle you can't muzzle a belief system. Right, like no. it's 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 different than with Simons, right? Simons would would play the good boy when he wanted to, and then occasionally would break free. Whereas Maxwell, it's like trying to bottle a fart, right? Like it's impossible <laughs> to be able to capture that. And and the thing, this is again goes back. Have you ever seen him in the nets? Have you ever seen him prepare? No, I've ne- uh, never never had that had that choice, that chance. Remember that cricket is a funny game. Hundred years before we protected our heads, players looked after their groins. So don't be as stupid as old cricketers and protect your computer today. NordVPN is the protection I use when facing cyber shortfalls or when rights issues try to dismiss me. NordVPN will help you get through the straight bat of any geo blocks so you can watch all the cricket you want. If you need your pitch changed, well, NordVPN can doctor any surface to a new location so that your IP address is set up for you to win. Want to buy an associate cricket shirt from a place that won't ship to your country? Select NordVPN. Want to watch a game on a free stream in another hemisphere? NordVPN. Or if you just want to watch a clip on social media that a cricket board won't allow you to, promote NordVPN to pinch it for you. So if you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a cricketer protects its nether region with Nord VPN today. I've seen Chris Gale. Uh, I've heard a lot about Lance Klusner preparing in the nets. Um, I've seen a lot of experimental batting from certain players in the nets trying different things. You know, the, the whole um, Sachin Dilka digging, digging up the pitch a little bit so mm. that he could face Shane Warne better and everything. Yep. There's still nothing like watching Maxwell in the nets. It, yep. it, do, it, looks, like, it looks like an eight-year-old um, who is better than all the other kids and has just got bored. Right and doesn't know what to do, and so he's he's playing like there's it doesn't resemble what nets batting looks like. So nets batting is, you know, guy will play the ball back yeah. up the pitch a couple of times, then he'll take a couple of chances, and then at the end he'll hit out. Whereas Maxwell mm. is experimenting while he's batting, so he's not even he doesn't have a normal batting groove. Yeah. And the reason I bring I, this up is that when he went to play for Australia, they were like, "What are you doing? You mm. can't do this. This is crazy." To the point at which Darren Lehman was like, I can't pick a pl- guy to play for Australia, essentially. I don't know if he said this publicly, but I think privately yeah. he kind of believed this. I can't pick a guy to play for Australia who can't even like um, do a net session correctly. And that's well, how Steve they felt Smith about him. But Steve Maxwell Smith came out and it, said, bat normal. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. They were they really tried to break him into this thing. But the mm. thing is that, you know, having talked to Trent Woodhill, who's obviously worked quite a bit with him um, as a batting coach over the years, Trent Woodhill's like, it actually works for him on multiple levels. One is the creativity. He needs that creativity in order to enjoy what he's doing, right? Yeah. So, you know, and we'd seen, we talk about Andrew Simons, but you could go back, Steve Waugh is maybe the ultimate example of, you know, a cavalier middle order player that they broke and broke and broke until he became the most grizzled, you know, veteran, you know, nudger off his hip, right? 
And so they had a long history of being able to do that. But I think with Maxwell, he was so, I'm going to use a word. I don't know if you've ever used this with him, but he's so avant-garde, right? I, that it would, it's like when they tried to make Bjork into a pop singer, right? Yeah. And Bjork, there's no way to make Bjork into a normal pop singer. Yes, you can market her better. And occasionally she'll have a song that is so catchy that everyone will want to play it. But eventually Bjork is going to like, you know, um, play with a cowbell and a fish, right? And she's <laughs> going to do something weird. Um, and she's going to, you know, walk, you know, cover herself in pixie dust and roll around in the sand for five minutes on stage, right? And I think that with, with Maxwell, it was just the, the avant-gardeness, the force was stronger with him where you couldn't actually break all those other things around him to the point where that was actually his strength and they never mm. saw it as a strength. Yeah. I, I actually have a theory that, you know, Maxwell is consistent. He's just not consistent in the way that cricket is used to. He's incredibly consistent in strike rate. Like his strike rate is consistently, you know, mm. You, you look year on year on year. It's like always this, you know, 140-ish strike rate in ODIs. Yeah, I don't know what it is in T20s, but it's always right up there. And he's maintained that, you know, throughout his entire career, essentially. And, you know, there's an obvious trade-off there. If you, if you want to be consistent on that level, you can't be as consistent with the, with the average thing. No, no, exactly. And so what else I, I find weird about him, and there's so many things, is to sort of add to that, he is this incredible free-form jazz batter, right? As we said, <laughs> who's in, in the song's midway through his head when he goes out there. He doesn't prepare like anyone else. And then he is the most bog-standard, defensive, boring off-spinner you will ever fucking see. There's no dudes for us. There's no mystery. Yeah. He like Literally, I remember when he first started bowling around the wicket. I interviewed him about this, actually. He was really young before he was a big name. And I said, why are you bowling around the wicket? And he goes, it just allows me to get through my action a little bit more. It's like the most boring answer you could get. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, well, I found that there's a there's a problem in batters, you know, techniques or, yeah. you know, if I come from really wide on the crease, I can mix up their angles. It's just like, yeah, it just helps me get me through my action more. Like it is yeah. literally boring as shit. And it's, um, I don't know. I mean, you were, I, am I allowed to out you as your fake Twitter profile? Yeah, so people yeah, know yeah. what you, yeah. you started? Everyone knows that, yeah, yeah. You started as, fake Nathan Horrocks, right? Yes. On Twitter. Glenn Maxwell is kind of um, the, <laughs> the ODI version of Nathan Horrocks, right? Like just oh, a man. really defensive, boring bowler that like, like you love Maxwell more than anyone. You can't be excited watching him bowl. It's fucking bullshit. Well, it does, does bring me to another great Maxwell moment though, which I, I again, I, I mentioned in the book is uh, he defended he defended two runs. He's bowled a double wicket maiden against Pakistan one time. Defended it in in the final over of an ODI. Yeah, come on. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bowl, that. if if you're gonna bowl boring, uh, boring off spin, at, at least you know be able to defend defend two runs in a final over with a double wicket maiden. Classic Maxwell. I'll I'll just do that. That's fine. Not not a problem. That's the sort of thing, like. You know, you've worked around cricket for a long time now. Do you know many former cricketers? Uh, like, is that are you no. in that space? No, no, that, that, they, they shun me as a rule. I would have thought so. Um, that's the sort of thing when you're at the bar with them that, like, they'll bring that up, and you'll like, you have to fact check it because you just don't. It just sounds made up, right? Yeah. That's going to be Maxwell's one. Like, of all the things we know about Maxwell, <laughs> um, I think that's going to be the ones where he says that, and people are going to be like, like, what? It's like when you know, Darren Darren Goff claims. Um, uh, Adil Rashid, uh, all, almost all the uh, 
all the plaudits for Adil Rashid's hundreds in first class cricket. Like, really? And then you go back and look at it and you're like, oh, he was captain for a lot of those hundreds. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what else do we have? Um, I think the broken leg is something that, and I, I'm not completely over the broken leg. I assume mm. it was drunken debauchery um, I, I at, imagine at, so. was... at, at, at someone's wedding, just because. I think it was a birthday party. I think it was, a, know, a, I think it was a, a, a 50th birthday party, I think it was, and uh, of a mate of his. And uh, yeah, the, 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 this is all I know, really. But yeah, it, uh, I yeah. think it was a little bit of alcohol involved. But the, the point being that it's actually changed his physicality, physicality on the field, right? Like, mm. So he said now he can't move as much uh, um, uh, around uh, the field. You know, he's, uh, he'll never field at the same level that he used to, which yeah. we've already talked about. I mean, I think there was probably a period in, in time when he was close to the best fielder in the world, um, certainly in that conversation, um, and he's not at that level anymore. But it's very on brand for Maxwell to lose his athleticism, not through being a professional athlete, pushing himself as hard as he could, but falling over at a 50th uh, birthday party, right? Yeah, yeah. And it basically cost him any chance of resuming his test career as well. I think he was very much penciled in for the India tour earlier in the year and uh, nah, blew that. So that, that that was a shame. But yeah, I mean, he basically, well, yeah, he's one of the early pioneers of, you know, the fancy outfield dancing around catches on the boundary yep. rope thing he, he was one of the very early ones to be doing that so to, to the point where they that i remember reading they they, they they kept changing the rules of where your feet had to be before you took your last step so they changed them a couple of times i think he was complaining about one of them even as he was exploiting that rule to take a catch that uh, uh yeah so yeah he's good a great great outfielder it's good that you've mentioned his test um career mm. um he only passed 45 once he made a century, in, though. What was it? Seven, seven tests. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When he did it, he made 100 in Ranchi that actually set up a draw for Australia. Um, yeah. in, in, I think they were, it was one all, I think, in the series at that stage. Um, yeah. So he kept that series alive. Um, it was 104 from 185 balls. Um, I mean, it was a flat pitch. Don't get me wrong. You and I mm. might have put on 20 each at times on that mm. wicket. But again, You've got, he's played virtually no tests at all. He's done very poorly in almost all of them. And then yeah. he does the one thing that Australian batters never do, goes to India and he makes a hundred. Like it, none of it, it never makes any sense, does it? It's just, yeah. it's so random, everything that he does. And then how many tests would he have played after that? Is there many? I don't think he played, he may have played one more in that series and that would have been it. Cause like I, then they came. Oh, back. No, he went to Bangladesh. He, he, so he played three, ah, that's yeah, right. yeah, he played he played three more tests. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the, the, the one he scored a century from, he broke his bat early in that. His bat was basically broken in half. There's great photos of him with half a cricket bat, which, you know, I, I just say he went on to score the century with half a Don't need facts. He, he scored the century with half the cricket bat as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely uh, heroic stuff. Do you know where, could you tell me where he's played all of his tests off the top of your head? Oh, most of them are in India, I think, because he, he famously opened the bowling and opened the batting when uh, my man Shane Watson came back to, to Captain Australia after Michael Clark sent him home after homework gate. So mm. I think he played a couple of tests in India there. He yep. Every played... test match he ever played was in Asia. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Bangladesh, a, couple, a few he... more in India. And then Dubai yes. or Pakistan. Two series in India, right? you're right. 
And then uh, one test against um in against Pakistan and Abu Dhabi, and then yeah. Bangladesh. So yeah, right. just to show how weird it is that they had decided that he was a Asian specialist, um, as well. Like like what another weird wrinkle in his career <laughs> that and, and and you know I don't know if this one is weird, but there's certainly a lot of people in Australian cricket who believe that he's not particularly good against the short ball. And mm. that's probably one reason why he hasn't played everywhere else. But if I was picking, if you would have told me 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, actually it would be now, that Glenn Maxwell one day be only a batting option in Asia for Australia, it's such a random thing for him to be. Like, it's like yeah. He's like the modern Darren Lehman. <laughs> oh. What 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 a what a goal to aim for! But yeah, I mean, he, he bowls the you know the Lehman used to bowl pretty crappy spin as well, or what what passed for spin in those days. Yeah, yeah, I think I, be, uh, I think I think other, he might have I think he might have Lehman spin covered if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the other the other thing about the century that he scored the Test century that made him only the second Australian to have uh, or second Australian man at least to have uh, centuries in all three formats after Watto. So yeah. He was uh, I, I only mean, the second one to get there. Um, and he, and he t- the test was the last one. The T20 was his first one because it's Maxwell. T20 is usually the hard one for international cricketers. Nah, screw that. I'm just going to smash century or 40 balls or something. That's fine. Um, I, the whole IPL thing's always been very interesting for me. As you said, he went for a fortune early on. Didn't kind of nail it for a long time. Yeah. And then he had that series where he was in the UAE and was probably the best player in the IPL. Then they went back to India halfway through and didn't make a run. Like his IPL form is never quite held up, but over the last couple of years, he's sort of become uh, certainly a a lot more well-respected there. But the interesting thing is that World Cup Maxwell is a thing, right? Like he's now got some of the most outlier figures we've ever seen in a World Cup. And he had them before um, this World Cup, because even in 2019, when he wasn't good, he was still striking. In 2015, his strike rate was all uh, incredible. And then of recent times, obviously, with those two, well, the double hundred and the hundred, his strike rate, um, uh, well, actually, I think in the Afghanistan game, his strike rate actually went down. Yeah, it um, did. Sloppy stuff. You know, that's how, that, that's how, that's how ridiculous he'd been in the World Cup. So the, I think you there's an element of people got- always saying, well, Sorry, I was just going to say, you know whose okay. strike rate also went down? Pat Cummins. Pat, quite a bit, quite a bit in that <laughs> one. Um, Pat Cummins' overall strike rate dropped to like 12 <laughs> points, I think, in that, yeah. in that innings. But, um, yeah. but so there's, I think there was always one thing that was held off about him, which was that he hadn't dominated the IPL. Um, mm. But clearly in World Cups, he has stood up quite a few times, despite the fact that almost every World Cup, I think there's always an Australian fan thinking he shouldn't be involved again, um, you know, or, yeah. or a big part of Australian fans thinking that but he's been absolutely fantastic in those right and again it's not the kind of player you would expect him to be you would you would expect him to be a more of a bilateral hitter who maybe mm. gets to the world cup and gets found out a little bit more and yet the opposite seems to happen for him right yeah yeah and yeah obviously this world cup i i, I yeah the kind of thing i find crazy is he scored the fastest century ever in a world cup and that's not the one anyone's going to remember. That's that's so funny to me that yes, you know, hundred or forty balls. Nah, we're we're never talking about that again. So brilliant. It's I brilliant. mean it's barely a footnote, right? Like I mean yeah. it really is. Like I've got on this list of, but in the way that you just said it, which is, um, he he managed to to break this record, and also like 
Like that record, Kevin O'Brien held that for ages. Aiden mm. Markham does an incredible thing. And Maxwell barely even like woke up in his innings to, to be able to do <laughs> yeah. it, right? Like it, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, what else are we missing? I think, I think it's always worth mentioning how hairy his arms are. And I'm allowed yeah, to say this course. as a hairy arm man. Um, I mean, they are, it's an incredible level of hair. And I would say we had Ricky Ponting already. Mm. And he somehow mm. managed to, you know, at least rival Ricky Ponting with hairy arms. Um, and, and he's the sort of guy that does look like if he shaves, about five minutes after he shaves, he's got like, you know, a three-day growth already, doesn't he? Like, he re- yeah. it really pops out of his face. He's an incredibly hirsute man. Yes, he is. Uh, th- this is the, pr- the, of all the nerdy cricket things I've ever done, this may be the nerdiest. I wrote a text adventure game about called Maxwell Ball, uh, which uh, you can play. I don't know if you know what a text adventure is, but basically it's, yeah. Is that you, one of the ones where you, you run, I'm running into the woods now and I, I turn left and I turn right and all those sorts yeah, of things? Yeah, except, except the yep. commands are much simpler. It's like go north, go west, yep. pick up, whatever. And, and you go through all these things. So I wrote one of those. You can find it at maxwellball.net. It still exists. And what, what, what are the, what are the jokes in that or one of the puzzles that you have to solve? And I'm going to give you the clue to this puzzle because there are Ooh. other puzzles that you could try and solve is that Glenn Maxwell, according to the rules of this, uh, this game can actually grow facial hair at will. So at one point you solve a puzzle by saying grow beard and suddenly you have a a face full of beard. So, yeah, that just ties in. (laughs) Uh, What else have we missed? What what other sort of weird moments in Maxwell's career have we we overlooked? Well, uh, a couple of others that that kind of spring to mind. He he famously caught in in some uh, charity match or something in England. He he caught caught somebody out while, while eating an ice cream. So he's fielding. In the outfield, someone hits a ball out to him, doesn't drop the ice cream, just hangs onto the ice cream, takes another bite of it, catches the ball in one hand, uh, throws it back in, presumably, and just continues with his Cornetto. Uh, so um, so that's one of them. Uh, another one I quite like is uh, the, the famous uh, innings when he was playing for Victoria and they were like five for nine or something, six for Ooh, nine or yeah, something. that's a good one, yeah. And then he just came out and smashed a, a century and, you know, no problem. He I'm made Maxwell. I'll do that. He made a huge percentage of the runs in that match, didn't he? Was it yeah. seven or in that innings? Was seventy percent of their runs or seventy five percent? It must of their have runs? been. It was. It was an enormous number because the the entire top order just disappears. Like it was literally six for nine or something. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. It I mean, was he was batting absolute, at eight, which which again yeah. we're talking about a guy who's made a test hundred <laughs> for Australia. And yet was yep. batting at number eight for Victoria not that long before. Um, yeah. and, and did it a lot. I, re- I reckon I went back and had a look at it once. He had an incredible record batting eight for Victoria and they still refused to put him up the order. <laughs> I think one of the other things I thought, or I've always thought is quite weird is that he's a very good captain. Like, right. you know, if you compare him to Afridi, for instance, mm. right? Where Afridi couldn't really communicate all that well with the players um, and... Uh, clearly, Afridi had an incredible cricket mind, but getting that cricket mind from there to the other players didn't always work. And, you yeah. know, there's that great moment, of course, when, you know, the, the famous press conference when um, he was the test captain and we asked him when he decided to um, retire and he said, oh, when he caught me out. So, was, <laughs> what? so if, he dro- if he dropped it, you would have kept going. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Afridi was that kind of person, whereas Maxwell's not, and he thinks about cricket a lot. And I think, mm. you know, when I, I was Melbourne Stars analyst, and I didn't, I didn't really work directly with him all that much, but I would come up with 
some outlandish ideas and he would refine them and make them a lot better. But he actually added the one. So the one where Pat Cummins changed the bowlers all the time in the World Cup final. Yeah. You go back when Maxwell was captain, that was one of his big tricks. If, if he thought yeah. he had two players who could go a little bit slower than the run rate, he just wouldn't mm. let them settle. And so that they had to face a new bowler over and over again. Thought he was very good with his field placements and everything else. Again, it's, yeah. it's a, he doesn't quite fit the template of madman with a bat, right? Like there's something else always going on with Maxwell. Yeah, and and you can tell, like you can tell the cricketers who, you, you can just tell by their social media, like which ones actually watch the game a lot. They're they're the ones, you know, tweeting about a random game they have no real interest or you know no external interest in, and they're, they're you know, oh, I can't believe that just happened. It's like, all right, you're watching cricket. You clearly enjoy it. You clearly enjoy thinking about it. You clearly enjoy everything about it. And, and, you know, there are plenty of other cricketers who you'd never see them unless, uh, never see them tweeting about anything to do with the sport. Yeah. No, no. I mean, he's a proper cricket guy, isn't he? As mm. you said, the, some of those tweets are really niche as well. Like, yeah. like he'll be questioning a decision on the field yeah. or, or, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, it, it's not just that the cricket's on in the background. He's watching the cricket. Something has annoyed him. He's now going to talk <laughs> about that thing. So, yeah. no, I think you're right. I think that's a very, very good one as well. Um, have we covered the majority of the? I mean, we can't cover it all. But have we covered the majority of the major Maxwell weirdness? Do you think so far? I think so. There's, there's almost certainly several that I've forgotten. But yeah, I, I think yeah. we've, we've, I mean, we've covered most of it. It'd be a nine-hour podcast. If we did everything yeah. weird that's happened in his yeah. career. Uh, yeah. What, what is your favorite weird uh, Maxwell fact? Uh, my favorite weird Maxwell fact. Yeah, or moment, I, I, or you know, whatever. I, I, I think I think I think maybe the maybe the two hundred has taken over it. I I, I really Ooh. did enjoy. I I very much enjoyed that particular innings um, because I I was very tired that day. I I went to bed. I I I didn't even go to bed because Australia were losing. I I just yeah. I, I said before Australia's innings even started. I said all right, I'll watch an hour of this and then I'm going to bed. I, I I'll see what happens. I ended up going to bed. They were four for forty nine or whatever. I said all right, that's enough. I'm I'm done. And then, but then I woke up at one point. I checked the score. I said, "Oh, Maxwell's still in. Oh, he's ninety-seven. All right, I'll pull the phone out, fire up, uh, fire up the app, and just watch him get his century." Did that and just kept watching and just could not believe what I was. Saying. That was just he, when he when he went down with cramp. I thought, "Ah, oh, well, that's been entertaining, but uh, yeah. that's the end of him there." And <laughs> he just kept going and didn't move. I the 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 immobility of him was was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, that the, the way he just didn't seem to stop him. It's just absolutely mental. So I think that may have taken over everything else. That, that may be recency bias as well. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to not give that, right? Because mm. I do think that it's, people are going to be talking about that innings for so long. Like one day cricket could stop in five years' time. That innings isn't one of the things we're going to forget about, right? Like it is going no, to be that, mentioned, that's the full stop. mentioned forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it should have stopped then. It's just like, just give Maxwell the trophy and walk off. Um, I'm going to go with the Nets just because yeah. I don't think any player has ever been successful while practicing. I don't say practicing worse, but I do mean practicing worse. I mean, compared to, you know, whatever. Like, he might actually, I think Nets are terrible. And the way that yeah. cricketers uh, prepare in Nets is stupid. And it doesn't make any sense, especially before games. Like, if, if you're in your off season, you know, playing in the nets and keeping your eye in and everything's fine. But I think in season, 
the way that Maxwell does it, it's actually truly revolutionary. But also, you know, for both of us, you know, who grew up in Australian cricket, they do not like people doing things no. that is not their way. And the fact that so many people went out of their way to try and break him. And Maxwell is unbreakable because, as I said, he's, he's you know, he's, he's more of a thought experiment than, than a real person, right? That it's, yeah. you can't, you can't get through to him. He just, he, he goes the way he goes. I think that's just a remarkable thing. And I don't think we've ever seen a player, um, go his own way to the level that he has while having that level of success. Doesn't mean we haven't had Lassif Malinga and Murali and weird bowling actions and weird batting actions and everything else. But I don't think we've ever quite had someone um, like Glenn Maxwell before. And I think him batting in the nets is um, 100% part of of the, the uniqueness of him as a creature and his true weirdness. But you're right. It's probably the 200. Um, yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe... Maybe I'm trying to be um, too niche, Maxwell, and you're being too basic <laughs> bitch, Maxwell. I don't yeah. know. But I think between us, I think we nailed it as much as you can nail it. I'll tell you one last Maxwell story, and I think I might have done this, talked about this recently, but when, um, when he made his 100 in Sydney in, during the World Cup in 2015 mm -hmm. against um, yep. Sri Lanka, and I was riding in that tournament, and he made his 100, and I tried to write a Maxwell Ball style article about it, <laughs> where I think I tried to write the whole thing in. Um, I'm going to get this wrong. On a matapia, did I get that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. You're smarter yep. than me. That's just like bang, smash, crash. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Wor your words that are um, sounds, essentially, sounds, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And so I tried to write the whole piece in on not the whole piece, but there's a lot of it, and Crick Info wouldn't accept it. But they had a reason for not accepting it that was quite interesting, which was that Sam Babal had watched that innings the same that I watched it. And what he saw was this emotional moment of this guy making 100, his first ODI 100 for Australia, the guy had been doubted and you know, had to fight his own way, and he saw that. That was true. But what I saw was a cartoon, <laughs> and that was also true. And I think yeah. that's the thing with Maxwell is that there is actually a really emotional person there. And you know, like he was at Adam Collins's wedding recently, mm. And there were some moments where he was quite emotional during the wedding. There were also some moments where, you know, he did some weird things on the dance floor, right? Like <laughs> all of those things are true of Maxwell at any one stage. Like it is just who he is as a person, yeah. as a cricketer and everything else. And you, I think in trying to break the weirdness out of him, I don't think he would have been a better cricketer in the way that maybe, maybe they were right about Andrew Simons. I, I don't think they were, but maybe they were. Whereas with Maxwell, the uniqueness and the weirdness is what Maxwell is. And as you said, he's consistent. It's just not in a way that anyone's ever been consistent before. Yeah. And you kind of have to accept it. And George Dobell always says, Australian cricket never understood what they had with, with, with Glenn Maxwell. And I think he's right. Like, they didn't mm. know. But that's because there has just never been a Glenn Maxwell before. No, he's one of a kind. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of related to your your idea of, you know, doing an onomatopoeia-themed article. I, I remember I was inspired it was probably that same World Cup, actually. I, I, I write my report cards for The Raw, which is basically, you know, just an excuse to take all my jokes on Twitter and, you know, repurpose them all. And uh, I, I put them out there for the, for the masses to read, the, the non-Twitter masses. And uh, the, the, the kind of joke I came up with was I, I deliberately started each paragraph with a, with a, with, with, yeah, a letter which basically spelled out Glenn Maxwell grade A+. Plus. And 
I kept it hidden. I didn't tell anybody. I just told the editors, do not change the paragraph order. Like they are very precise. And God bless Xavier Doherty for being in the team because uh, let me get the X in there. I made it all work perfectly. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's absolutely great. Uh, so your website, I know we're here to plug your book, uh, mm. which is called, let me remember, 100 Funniest Moments of Australian Cricket, which of course Maxwell is in. Um, yes. But your website is called maxwellball.net. Is it just the text game? Is there other Maxwell Ball um, nerdish things that people can devour? Uh, no, the, well, there are actually three text adventures on that one. So it's maxwellball.net is uh, where you can find those, those text adventures. If you, uh, if you love Glenn Maxwell, then, I mean, for, for legal reasons, it's just a Glenn Maxwell type character. But yeah, it's Glenn Maxwell. Um, it, you know, it's weird. I know that I've been involved in in um, uh, hashtags and things that have kind of grown a life of their own. It's still funny to me when Vic Stewart Better is used <laughs> by the Victorian team, despite the fact that I started ironically. Um, uh, you know, even even something like Trot's Fault that you know still pops mm. up occasionally and, and and everything these days. As a fan who just wants to write, let's be honest, like piss-taking articles um, and, mm. and write your books. It's pr- kind of cool that Maxwell Ball is a thing, right, that people know and is, you know, is part of your brand and, and everything else. Like, And so you have a bigger connection with Maxwell than you would uh, <laughs> if you hadn't have come up with that, right? Like it, it really d- – yeah. I, I know it, it's all funny and bullshit and everything. We don't want to get too serious, especially when talking about Maxwell. But the truth is that Maxwell Ball, in a way, has kind of changed your life, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, all this kind of nonsense has changed my life. But Maxwell Ball is is kind of the you know the, the archetypal example. Yeah, the chief <laughs> nonsense of yeah, yeah. It's just a stupid hashtag that I just kept using till everybody else was forced to go along with it because that became the title. Uh, I love the idea of uh, you know one day you write a, a biography of your time in cricket and it will be called Maxwell Ball um, because there is yeah. no other title that could uh, properly yeah. sum you up. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and everyone should go buy your book 100 Funniest Moments of Australian Cricket. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Sainapayan and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Makunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content. Do you make content but don't want to listen to yourself talk? Well, I get that. Memento FM's AI does all the listening for you. It picks out the highlights and it makes you sound far more amazing than you really are. Embrace Memento FM today.